0: Okay. Hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Getting There, eSchool News conversations with tech directors and superintendents uh, discussing their strategies during the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Kevin Hogan, and with me today is John Castellano. John, how are you?
1: Good, good. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So, John, you are down in, over and down from me in Jersey at Gilbert Public Schools in Arizona, correct? Yes, Absolutely. And then uh, you're, you're also uh, president of the Arizona Technology and Education Association?
1: I'm um, the past president, actually, uh, ah. of that. But uh, yeah, still really involved with, with AST here locally.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I guess maybe we should get started off. Can you give us a little idea about your district, the size, uh, and the makeup of the schools?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the town of Gilbert uh, is a suburb of Phoenix, uh, just east of of downtown Phoenix. Um we have about 33 to 34,000 students. Uh we have 40 schools. Uh five elementary or sorry, five high schools, uh, five uh, junior highs, uh number of elementary schools uh, obviously, an alternative school, um pretty affluent suburb. Um and that's
0: that's kind of our our makeup. So that's a, that's a uh for the number of districts that I've spoken to, I think you're the largest so far. I mean, that's that's a significant significant number of folks. Um, talk a little bit about. Uh, I was joking with uh, Adam File in my last uh, my last conversation about like, is he taking the summer off, taking it easy? Really, not that much to do. That 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 old trope about uh, you know the summer educators in the summertime was never really true, but it's especially not true now, right? Right yeah so talk a little bit about what 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 you have uh, planned
1: yeah sure well you know obviously when everything uh, happened in march and we were out on spring break and we haven't been back since spring break so uh, but our uh, technology services department you know i mean we got busier right and nothing changed for us but we had to shift our model to supporting all of our students uh, at home and for you know what we called remote learning at the time so uh, it didn't change for us we just had to change uh, kind of how we operate and set up uh, support uh, for our students and parents and even teachers um, with a limited number of staff actually working on premises so uh, it just changed our focus a little bit but it definitely uh, you know it it helped us uh, even increase our customer support uh, to our community uh, even more so You know, we have a drive-through service like a lot of people uh, had to uh, roll out, and uh, it's continuing uh, on on today. So uh, a lot of the stuff that we did uh, in March uh, is now just going to really continue, but now we're going to be changing some of that because, you know, the remote learning was good, uh, but now we're really going to have to shift to, uh, you know, more
0: of an online model for the start of school year this year. I guess depending where you are in the country, um, there are different, uh, I've heard like three different scenarios. You know, the worst case scenario, obviously being remote only, uh, best case scenario being everybody goes back to school. I don't think anybody's really starting to, uh, to see that. And most seem to be somewhere in the middle. Where, where do you see your, your district as far as that's concerned?
1: yeah right so um you know just last night at our school board meeting um the board approved our our reopening plan uh as of today right because our, our governor just came out and uh made some executive orders uh just a couple days ago so um but you know it's really you know it's it's an opportunity right we're we're just looking at it as a as, as an opportunity for Allowing choice that I think we've talked about for 20 years now, but there's always just been different roadblocks, right? Whether it's funding from the state or just change is hard or, you know, a lot of those innovative ideas that came up that just kind of happened but didn't really happen. So uh, we put together a task force like most school districts, right? And we had you know 140 plus people uh, on the task force altogether. And the three options that we landed on are, are obviously on-premises on uh, when school starts, uh, which originally was gonna be August 5th, and now the governor pushed that back to August 17th as of now for on-premises start of school. Um, So that's obviously, you know, the first option. Uh, We have a complete online option, which we've just really taken our, what we call our GPS Global Academy. uh, And and that will change a little bit, but still be there as an offering. Uh, And the one that I'm really excited about is our our flex option, which, you know, think blended hybrid type model um, for our elementary schools and a little bit different of a flex look at the high school. So those are the three options that the board approved, Um, and now we're just going to have to go full force into training our teachers because August 5th, we're still going to start school, but our entire district will be starting online. Hmm. And then when the 17th hits where we can't have students on campus, then those three options, parents will make what option they want to move forward with.
0: Interesting. Talk a little bit about the differences between the uh, secondary level and the primary level. Have you had differing uh, strategies when it comes to the age of students?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, our, our, our flex model, if you will, for the high school and even junior high secondary, um, it's similar to what some kids do now where, you know, they might take a few classes on campus, but then take a, take a couple online. Um, But that's kind of really just a special case you know uh, in the past but now it will be an option you know if if your student wants to uh, come for three hours in the morning and then do their other two classes online then they'll go on to our online uh, global online school for that they'll still be able to participate in everything that they want as far as extracurricular goes but that would kind of be how that model would look for our elementary sites um, you know it is it is uh an opportunity for some creative solutions right um, as it is set right now that flex model to elementary uh, a parent can choose uh, uh, the days of school like for example uh, a Monday Thursday a student might come to school and then the other days they would be at home in a Tuesday Friday um, they would come to school in the morning for about five hours and be with their teacher and then they would still have that same teacher, but the rest of the week be online. And then Wednesday would be a wide open for office hours type scenario or small group lessons that they would need to do online. So that's that's kind of how that model is going to look right now. You know, the biggest thing with our community is that, well, with any community, it's that relationship with the students and the, and the kiddos, right? Yeah. So that's really a big focus right now on, you know, building that relationship and, not feeling necessarily that I'm, I'm online and I'm forgot about, uh, you know, and the support's still there. So that's a big focus right now to figure out, you know, those pieces and how we're going to train our teachers.
0: Yeah. Have you given any thought to um, changing any of your assessment techniques or practices as a result of this? You know, that has
1: been a discussion. Um, you know, I'm not to uh deep into that discussion with our assessment team obviously we we support them, but yeah, that has been a discussion uh, I think just a simple uh piece that always comes up with that is uh, you know like proctor testing for our online um uh, they've had that in the past the the students would have to come to the online center and they would be, but we can't you know necessarily do that now, yeah. so there's been those type of discussions um we're actually rolling out a new assessment platform this year, so it, that's going to be a little bit difficult right in the start of the year. But um, the state has also said, though, in Arizona, that you have to benchmark within the first six weeks of school. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be challenging for us with a new platform and in getting that done. But we have a good team working on that.
0: How about in terms of um, professional development for teachers? Uh, Rand Corporation just came out with a, a, a survey where Uh, a high percentage of the teachers were appreciative of the fact that they were able to connect, but had some real problems in terms of actually teaching using, using, using these tools. Um, I've heard of a number of districts who are beginning to put together online courses for the teachers this summer in order to to prep them. Have you been going through any of those sort of uh, ideas or thoughts?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Our subcommittee that, uh, I was leading uh, was remote learning and technology obviously and uh, that's our biggest uh, task is, was for us to come up with a model to train our teachers. Um, we are going to pull a lot from our experience that we had again back in March. Um, you know we we are lucky to have an integration team in, in my department but we're also going to team up with uh, the existing uh, online teachers and use a group of them And, you know, we're starting at the foundational level with a new platform that none of our teachers have used besides them. So after we're done today, an email will be going out. And uh, we have a number of opportunities for them to just get that foundational training, uh, obviously, via WebEx uh, for that first piece of it. So, you know, that's just an hour training. But, you know, they need that foundation, right, so that they can jump in there and get used to the platform. And it's something they haven't seen before. I mean we have great teachers and they know how to teach but here's some new tools right so we'll start with that and we have about 75 hours of training already uh, lined out for that and then beyond that we'll start kind of some instructional strategies training as well and that will be that second piece so is it in person? No, but we've we've done this because we had to in March on a large scale. And it, it honestly we've listened to the feedback and it's gone pretty well. So I'm I'm confident that we'll be able to get that done. And then it's like anything, you have to do it to get good at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's
0: funny. One thing that I've noticed in my own experience with my own kids is a closer relationship with their teachers as a result of one to one zoom meetings like this i had guidance counselors and we didn't have to sit for three hours and wait or you or travel back and forth and if you have a question just call up and you talk and there is a level of intimacy there can you talk a little bit about your district's um relationship with parents when it comes to to this whole change
1: yeah um you know, this is a tight knit community to to start with, right? A lot of parent involvement and uh, a lot of community involvement uh, with our local businesses and just everybody. It's it's called the town of Gilbert, even though it's bigger than a town, right? So so that feels there. Um, we've done uh, we, obviously we've done surveys, right, to get uh, feedback, um, and there's been a lot of honest feedback of, you know, this is what we liked about remote learning, and this is what did not work for, for their families with remote learning and so we've listened to that and, and shared that uh, with our task force and, and let that guide them and, and also some guiding principles that, that we also established to uh, you know, keep the focus. And so, but our community is vocal and they'll let us know when they like or dislike something and uh, we do our best to listen to that and to work with them. And there was obviously parents on the task force, task force as well, so that they could uh, give us that, you know, up close and personal feedback. And uh, we're just trying to accommodate. I mean, you know, it's difficult. You, you can't always accommodate everything, but uh, we're doing our, our best and we're listening.
0: Right, right. Talk a little bit about um, any technology needs on the on the parent end in terms of professional development or even assisting they parents have basically become teaching assistants right right <laughs> at least uh and yeah. I'm sure they need some assistance in in that way uh, yeah. any, any any techniques there
1: yeah i mean that that was obviously part of our group's task as well so um you know we just we did the normal thing right we established some web pages and whatnot in the spring with resources and, uh, and, and a lot of how to's for them and i think People were very receptive of that. Uh, the other thing that we did here in tech services, though, is we uh, we we had to ramp up our help desk, our phone in help desk. So normally we just have one person that does that, uh, but we added we added five other people, and we just put the help desk number out there to the community. It was just out there, and so we fielded any of those calls that parents had not just on a hardware side of things, you know, but there was just questions. How can I get into this program or how can I use this software? And so our, our team did the best they could to answer those. And of course, working with the teachers. So that was a huge piece that uh, we won't have quite as many people, but we're going to continue that. And that'll probably just remain forever, right? It's just, it's good business to do. So um, we'll do that. Um, We're going to, come up with some different videos and screencastifies and that type of thing uh, for this. And one of the things that we did hear a lot was, you know, I have three or four students at home. They all get online and then the internet slows down, right? It's just planning the day. I mean, you know, wonderful mothers and fathers, but they're not used to planning a school day out. Right. So we're going to try to focus on a little bit of that as well and try of, you know, help them with those pieces. Um, you know, a lot of people can't afford to bump up their internet speed, right? So, how can they schedule throughout the day uh, to to kind of manage that as well? Because, yeah, that's it, a huge responsibility on the parents' side too to yeah. help
0: with the learning. Uh, a little bit earlier, you mentioned um, some of the opportunities that you're looking at as a result of all the all this madness, um, and I, I kind of like that. Glass half full attitude on <laughs> this. Are there any other innovations that, that, that you've seen spring up uh, during the spring that you're like, wow, you know, we could have been doing this all along? And, and now, as you just said, you know, this will stick around forever.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, from a from like a just a pure technology side, I, I don't know that there's anything that's surprised me, right? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think all those pieces that we need are here and have been here for a while. I just think sometimes a little push um, really, really brings out the creativity though uh, in all of us and our teachers and in how they uh, might present that or I don't know, I'm kind of missing the word, but. You know they're they're amazing, and when they get some of these tools in their hand, we've seen a lot of creative ways that they're now using them uh, with their students. So, you know, to me that's that's just kind of the biggest thing. And it, I mean, choice is innovation, kind of really if you think about it in a way. <laughs> um, and, and having that choice, I think will drive to some of these some of the ways that we're teaching and help make them better.
0: Right. Have you had any? Um uh, digital equity issues in terms of uh, students needing access or devices, or did you have a one-to-one already in place, or what was the status there?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good, good, good question. I, we so we had a, a one-to-one program already for our 712 level, and so we're in about the fifth year of that at this point, um, fourth year full 712. So we were good there, and that was a savior right yeah. we didn't have that uh, we it would have been very difficult and we've watched districts you know or around the state that, that don't have that and it's been a struggle for them even for planning for the fall so very fortunate that we have our community supporting our our bonds in that way to help us with that um, at our elementary level a little bit different uh, most of it's not a one-to-one program, right? But we have close to a one-to-one ratio at our elementary schools. So we uh, worked closely with our elementary schools uh, for any parents or any families that needed loaner devices. And so, you know, we said one loaner device to every two students, uh, if they weren't obviously in secondary. And our schools, we provided them with the asset management software um, app on their phones to check those out because we're just too big to everyone go to tech services right we would never be able to handle it so we trained them on how to check in and check out devices it all ran through the schools um we had about four thousand devices that were loaned out um and i think we're going to have more now in the in in the fall um when we roll that back around so but still we we need to refresh those devices too a lot of those devices are getting to where they're end of life so you know we're gonna have to be creative uh moving forward with that so we can stay ahead of the game yeah uh, at the elementary level so uh, for the families that didn't have connectivity at home we worked closely with um cox communications here and they have a connect to compete program so i worked with our title one person and our uh, sel person and they really mobilized our counselors and our um, our social workers at the schools and they were the ones that, they know what families need help at their schools. So they were able to reach out to those families and and they did, some of them did some surveys to see you know if they needed help. And they really kind of took that and ran with it. So in the fall, the only thing that we'll add is we have to have a hotspot alternative because we do have some areas that Cox doesn't service. Okay. So th- those will be the two, two options for them if they don't have
0: connectivity. Gotcha. Gotcha. Anything else? I mean, anything um, that I'm missing in terms of a, a list of what's on your priority list, uh, looking at the fall? You know, we—it's
1: uh, just really that work with our teachers, right? We we want them to be comfortable, and you know, no one's going to be totally comfortable, right? Uh, right? It's hard to be that way right now uh, with everything happening, but um, that's going to be our focus, and then just logistically being able to support them, uh, from, from our standpoint at tech services. So again, it's, it's opportunities though. And so we've, we've, uh, been as positive as we can about it, but I think, uh, it's, it's changing the way that we'll offer education to our community forever.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that is a question about, because when we would have these conversations back before the pandemic and we talk about mm-hmm. getting teacher buy-in for the use of a lot of, a lot of this stuff, um, there's really no choice now, right? <laughs> you don't need to worry about teacher buying.
1: No, I mean, it's here. And, and you know what's crazy, though, is that, you know, everyone can step up uh, when they have to. And, and when you have good people, it, it makes it that much easier. And the focus is the students. I think everyone knows that. And so we're going to do whatever it takes to, to support them.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, John, yeah. thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. and thanks, yeah, every- thanks and thanks everybody for for watching
1: all right thank you guys